Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Uh, well, in the proud history of Doctor Who double acts, I'm Eric Moore, and over there is Ian Marchant. Hello. Are you are you Glitz or are you Dibber? Um, I th- I think physically I'm probably more Glitz than Dibber, um, but comedy-wise, I'll leave it to the audience to decide. Yes. Well, let us know on Facebook which of us yes. is which, or they might disagree, and one of us is Joan Sims. You never know. Well, it's true. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, my my overacting is very similar to Jensen's. Yes, yes, <laughs> there is that. But I I think if I get tired and start nodding off and getting very sleepy, I might more be more Tom Chadbourne. Yes. Yeah. I, I was going to look and see what he's why he's so subdued in this, but uh, I forgot. Right. I'm sure you've you've researched. No, you I haven't got that. I haven't got anything about that. That <laughs> yeah. that's a bit of speculation for the Facebook page. Just yeah. what on earth is going on there? Yes, um, he might be playing it like it might. Be. It might be. It might have been written in the script. Mm. This this man is is tired and doesn't really show any interest. It's in just anything. everything about him. It's his body yeah. language. It's his posture. It's his performance. It's his makeup. It's his. You do feel like like saying, no, "Let me get your chair. You have to sit down." <laughs> yeah, I'm you. like that on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. I am. You know. It is this. It is the weirdest thing in this. With this show, which is saying something considering some of the characters we get, but yeah, it's it's not the normal Tom Chadbourne no. performance, is it? Which is normally larger than life. Well, you look at City of Death, yeah. you know, and and you look at him as Del Grant in Blake Seven, and it's yeah. like it's not the same person no. at all. Um, something either something was up, or he's a bloody good actor. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've not ever seen like a, an original copy of the script, so it might, perhaps the character was written like that. Because he's a good actor, to be fair. Yeah, but there's no emotion to him whatsoever. No. Even when he's saying about, you know, you go up onto the surface, you can have a chance. There's no. You would think that would be the moment you put a bit of emotion into it. It, it strikes me as the sort of performance that an actor gives when either they don't get on with the director, or they've just been sacked from the role or something. You know, like. Um, Ben Affleck in certain scenes mm. in Justice League when he, he knew he wasn't getting his own film. Mm. It's like, you've lost interest, mate. And, yeah, 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 could be that, was... could be that. I, I certainly haven't seen anything um, in my research no, to not. explain it. Cause he, it yeah, because he's... Um, I mean, it might just, it might just be the other way. Yeah, it could be. Like, could be. Could be. Family, like family that, problems yeah. could be all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, hmm. Anyway, so this is our very first um, uh, look at the mysterious planet. We're not coming back to it. I mean, we've done, we've already done the Vervoids, haven't we? We've done that one, one story from Trial of a Time Lord already, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah, we've done Terror of the Vervoids. Um, I did think, are we doing the Valyard separately? But I yes. I'm not sure. I don't know whether we will or not. No, I think we should. And, and, and for that reason, I thought when we discuss, you know, Drathbro and this story... 
we skip over all the Valyard oh, okay, bits, yeah. um, which I know you wouldn't want to do because, you know, some of Colin oh, Baker's uh, yeah. best uh, performances in this story is when we cut back to the courtroom, and yeah. he, he, he's fair enjoying himself there, isn't he? I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll lay my cards on the table. I, I love this story, and I love Colin's portrayal of 60 in this, because I get the feeling you're right, he's, he's having the most fun he ever had in the role, and I, I think it's possibly his, his best, most iconic performance as 6. Um, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with him in this role and it's matched by a, a decent story decent script and um sort of minimal sourness mm. so so yeah it's a thoroughly enjoyable story i find and of course well, a few it, things wrong with it but we'll we'll take them on yeah. but of course this is after the hiatus isn't it yes. so, I, so I think he's yeah. been invigorated by the break and happy to be back i think so so this was this was the the weird period in in Doctor history where, yeah, we'd had season 22, and uh, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's a great season. Um, but um, due to various reasons, Michael Braid uh, didn't like, and Jonathan Powell, I suppose, didn't like Doctor Who. And I, I sort of understand some of their reasoning behind it. And by this point, it wasn't really... It was still getting a, a good sort of 14... Yeah, not 14 million, that'd be good, it would get that. It was still getting a good sort of um, 7 or 8 million viewers, which, yeah, was was healthy. Um, but it was seen as far as too violent. I know that was sort of grabbed as an excuse, but I think the last season was. I mean, we've discussed it, it was very Eric Saywoody, mm. um, very teenage boy nastiness. Um, yes. And I, I, I sort of, I do sympathise with their choice. Weirdly... So they, they decided to put the show on an 18-month hiatus. And the show came back almost 18 months to today. Yet fan history would give it that the fans rose up and protested and doth did the 18-month hiatus not get served. And it was like, yeah, it did. Mm. Exactly did. It came back exactly when they said it was going to be. Um but yeah, so they, the BBC were instructed to, or the BBC instructed the production team to cut out the violence and try and make it a bit more, a bit more family friendly. And I think they went down the route, not quite as much, but they went went down the route that we had in the late seventies when Graham Williams was uh, put in charge of the program, which was to re to replace violence with humour. Mm. But I think in this respect, it's it was replaced with wit. Which I, I thoroughly agree with. I think mm. that's a, a lovely thing to replace things with, is wit. So this script is is sparkling. Um, I think it's certainly the last quality script that Robert Holmes did. Mm. Um, you could you could argue it's the last quality script that Doctor Who did, but that's down to individual choice, I suppose. Yes. That's what you think of yeah. a seventh Doctor. Um, but yeah, it's... They had a long time to <clears throat> to devise it. Uh, it was saddled with the um, the courtroom scenario, which I still think was a bit of a mistake. But you know, it is, it is what it is. You get some lovely back and forth with yes. uh, the Valiard. I like that. Um, and um, I think probably the last great non-Doctor character was introduced, which was uh, Savile Glitz. All right, that's your opening statement. 
Yeah, what? sorry, that's just covered the entire thing, isn't it? That's yes, yeah, yeah, it was like a courtroom thing. Yeah. Hear your case uh, uh, for the defence. Because I've got we a few problems with this. Okay, so perhaps we should do it that way. It's like, I'll do, the, I'll do the, you do the case against, and then we'll decide at the end. All right. Well, to let off with a suspended sentence. Well, the case against is the one of the problems I have um, with this story is Tony Selby. Really? Yeah. <gasps> I, I and therefore Sabalum Glitz. You know, yeah. um, this is a rare occasion where you and I are going to uh, disagree. I think we would. So, so it, was this a case of you knew Tony Selby, you didn't like him, or you just don't like his portrayal of? No, I've I, I knew Tony Selby, and I knew Tony Selby from Get Some In. Get Some In, yeah. And Ace of Wands, yeah, when I was younger, Ace of Wands, he was one of the sidekicks. And his style of acting, um, he's Tony Selby. Um, And I don't believe for one second that he is this, uh, you know, this this character. Um, um, Diva's all right, but it's just something... It's something about his performance. I don't find him convincing. I find the, the, the pair of them too much of a... A, uh, a close parallel to the pair we had in the Rybos operation. Yes, it's Unstoff and... Um, oh, and the other one. The other one. Yeah. <laughs> Forever known as... Yeah, the other one. Yeah, and their awful, awful costumes. I mean, you know, what on earth those things are meant to be on their shoulders, th- these studied things? Presumably shoulder pads, but they're this, all like, you know, yeah. foam. <clears throat> this is... Um... This is presumably JNT's idea of what Mad Max would be. If, if we ever got a JNT version of Mad Max. Yeah, well, last week we had Lisa Goddard as a <coughs> space pirate in that god awful outfit. Yeah. And, and these mercenaries, um, I, I don't buy it. I don't like their silly well, little cut things in their sideies. Um, no, well, I must admit, I, where, when this was on, I, I did toy with cutting my sideies like that. I did. No. I did. Yeah, sad. I was young and, and silly. You could still um, do it. You still got hair in that part it, of yeah. your body. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Got hair in far too many parts of my body. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's weird. I, I agree with you one hundred percent that that Tony Selby always plays Tony Selby hmm. in the. But I don't mind that because I really like Tony Selby. Um, I, I I like his performance here as far as as. Uh, I think he fits well. Um, he, you can tell. I think he was um, friends with Colin Baker, wasn't he? You can tell that they, they yeah. really spark off each other. I like Dibba. Um, I'm, I'm just sad Dibba didn't come back because I think Tony Selby works better, or Glitz works better with Dibba. Yeah. Of course, um, that guy. He he went on to London's Burning. He did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he went on to. Um, much, much sort of bigger and better things, didn't he? Yeah, he was an ex-boxer, yeah. I saw. Yeah. Um, but then went on to better things. Now, Sablon Glitz, I don't mind him as a character. I mean, the uh, the script is fantastic. Some of the lines yeah. he comes out with, it's just the delivery. And yeah. when we get to behind the scenes, I've got some alternative casting choices for oh. you. And well, this, uh, yeah, I would have preferred that, one of those other ones, I now think. Now, it's interesting. I wonder... I don't think they would have done such on-the-nose casting... But this is obviously, um, this is uh, um, Minder, isn't it? <clears throat> this, oh, yeah, this absolutely, is, yeah. 100%. Yeah, My you, boy, all the yeah. time, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, unless one of those choices was um, George Cole, that would have been two on the nose, I think, wouldn't it? All right, but sh- I, yeah. shall I tell you the... Yeah, go on, yeah. Go on. Not, not all of them, but yeah. the director, right, 
who he saw Glitz and Dibber being yeah. portrayed by. Nicholas Mallet was the director of this, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, he wanted uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. God, no. <laughs> God, no, 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 no. That was that, that, there wasn't much of a pause there, was there? No. I, I mean, I, I know Jennifer Saunders has, has become something of an actress, but I don't, I, I don't particularly like the way she acts, and I think Dawn French can't act. I think that's that's a. Well, I mean, comedians the aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got horrible hail and pace vibes. If that would have been the case. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when I think of uh, Jennifer Saunders acting, I think of her in the Young Ones when she, you know. Yeah. When she wakes up in Rick's bed that day and she's the like the the psychopath. Yeah. That and would be sticks, that level of yeah, acting. It would. She sticks out like a sore, sore thumb because she has no seems to have no capability to uh, to ad lib. No. No. And she's saying stuff, and it's like, what? What? Mm. What? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that would have been awful. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you Chuckle more Brothers. alternatives. I can see the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> to me, Dibber. To you, Dibber. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, more alternative castings when we get to behind the scenes. Oh, okay. um, when we did uh, Terror of the Vervoids, yes. did, did we actually discuss this uh, unique to just this season uh, theme tune? I think we mentioned it. Um, I think we might have mentioned uh, uh, someone playing it on a comb and a piece of toilet paper. Yeah, I've, I've got more information since then um, right. because this was Dominic Glynn who. Dominic uh, Glynn, that was it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And apparently he, he either didn't have time or he couldn't be bothered to go and find the sheet music for the original. So he composed this by just listening really? to the previous ones. Yeah. So but pretty much, I, I made a joke, and he probably was just like on a kazoo going. Yeah. <coughs> he did it totally by ear, and I think that shows, doesn't it? I think it shows, yeah. I it's grown on me. I, I hated it for a long, long time, um, and I've mellowed a bit. I own, I own, I think six copies of this on. Um, oh, on I, I think you said that before. Yeah, because yeah. um, I had to buy. I it was just as cheap to buy six copies in a bundle as it was to buy one. It was mad. Um, yeah, I I don't hate it as much as I did because I think there's been worse versions. That's since. exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. back then, uh, that's the yeah. worst you had ever heard, but there's been yes. worse oh. since. So, you know, well, on that scale, it's not the bottom anymore, is it? No. Well, this, this season uh, was on when I was working at the cinema, when I was doing a projection work. So I had to tape it. Because I think I said I, when we taped it, I missed like the first bit of Terror of the Vervoids. I was well enough. I'm still annoyed, psychologically <laughs> scarred by that. You've carried um, that with you all this time, <clears throat> haven't you? Yes, all, all this time. And I remember at the time, sort of like, I mean, I love Colin Baker and I, li I liked him all the way through. And, and being very disappointed with this season um, when it went out live. And I think perhaps a lot of fans were the same. I think it's, it's gone up mightily in my estimation since. Um, but I remember watching, going home, like rushing, rushing home from the cinema at like two in the morning or something, and you know, getting in, putting the tape on, and watching this first episode. And I didn't really enjoy it that much, and I don't know why. Perhaps it's because it was two in the morning. Yeah, it <laughs> I might wasn't be. concentrating too much. And I remember just hearing this theme and going, "What? <laughs> what are they thinking?" Well, um, 
Um, I don't know if I made it all the way through this story. I know for certain I recorded the first episode because I think this is possibly the best ever opening to a Doctor Who. Oh, it's Who. amazing, yeah. The, you know? The first shot is... I think, did, did you do a effectively speaking? I have done an effectively speaking did, yeah. on it. And I said in that that even now, I mean, I haven't got it on Blu-ray, but I've got it on DVD yeah. and on my big TV, those effects still hold up yeah. massively now. Yeah, it's it is amazing. I mean, it was at, at the time, um, it was the Doctor Who fans would would hold this up to say, "See, see, Doctor Who is an amazing Star Wars type show." The sad thing is, though, it's like it's what about thirty seconds, and it bankrupted the rest of the the production because <laughs> um, it cost a fortune, didn't it? This Absolutely, CGI. Yeah. Yeah, because they had to go well, to an effects yeah. house because it, yeah. I can't remember. I did it on a. I'll put in the in the links the effectively speaking on the special effects of this opening. Yes. But yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to go to the to the London effects house that I think did Aliens as well, and it took yeah. absolutely forever because yes. it's motion control, uh, very early days motion control it. for the UK. Um, is it but, is the TARDIS CGI? Am I am I thinking of it, the TARDIS? It, it's in it's, it's not CGI, but it is superimposed. Of right. course, it's a composite yeah. shot. Yeah. But the whole, I, I'm remembering now, you know, that, that, that the whole... Is the motorboat going past? Either that or there's something seriously wrong with your yeah. cat. Yeah, it's um, um, yeah, a loud purr. Yeah. They had to do multiple passes. They had to do the, the yeah. motion control of, of, the, of the space station, then the star field, etc., etc. The lights that are everywhere, those lights weren't actually on the model. They were no. superimposed onto them and everything. You know? yeah. well, the model was massive, wasn't it? Because it lived at Mummy for a while, didn't it? It did. Yeah, yeah. it's old Mike Tucker was involved in that, yeah. wasn't it? And, and yeah, that, it, it was in sections because it was basically circular. They, they um, kit-bashed one slice, almost, <laughs> almost like a, a Trivial Pursuit, you know, gaming piece. And they just, and they just made one, like, sixth of it and then cast another, uh, cast six and glued them all together, you see, and then put more detail, all the spires on and everything else on top of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very impressive. Mm. Very, very impressive. Like I say, it's just, it, it's a shame. It does set you up a bit that you go, oh, okay, this 18-month wait, this has been well worthwhile. Oh, and then nothing else in the, the rest of the show really matches that. Certainly not the L1 the the robot. Season. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, which, yeah. I, is that, yeah. I, I think he's all right, but yeah. We'll, we'll, well we'll talk we'll about him. him. Well, let's, let, let, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, yeah, so okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get started, and it starts with this painting of what we're not told is Ravalox, um, yes. which is a painting of the Earth, but there's an awful lot of cloud over being painted over the top of it, so you can't see the continents. Otherwise, yeah, that will give away the uh, the twist straight away, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not much of a twist, really, is it? To be fair, I think every, as soon as you see something where it's the mysterious planet, even without seeing any of it, you go, oh, it's probably Earth, isn't it? Yeah, well, especially That's, as, yeah. you know, uh, immediately we've got, you know, the Doctor and Perry, and Perry goes, oh, it reminds me of Earth, like a, yeah. you know, wet November day, because I guess it was when they did film it, yes. Yeah, it would have been a wet November day. This is um, this is really nice, because this is, they, they've mellowed completely the mm -hmm. argumentative nature of Perry and the Sixth Doctor, um, and it's, this is lovely, this is... This is two people that you can understand why they're travelling together because they get on very well. Um, 
yeah, I, I like these scenes. They're really nice dialogue, nicely done. Yeah, time has passed for them as well as us, yeah. hasn't it? You know, they yes, yeah, they have mellow towards each other. And, I mean, and big, big finish must love the fact that there's a gap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it allows them to publish. 87 billion And boy, stories. don't they. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the Doctor is saying, he's backing it up, he's saying that it's very unusual, this Ravalox, it's almost exactly the same as Earth, the, the tilt yeah. of rotation and etc, etc, etc. Right. But the records on Gallifrey say that it was destroyed by a fireball 500 years before. And that's when Perry, the botanist, comes yes. in and says, you know, uh, you can't have that amount of growth. It's not yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah, and the doctor's like, uh, yes, mystery. Let's investigate. Yeah, you, you get really get a feeling that they're travelling for enjoyment and they're looking to to find stuff out. I, yeah, I like this. this yeah, she is, she uh, doesn't moan much <coughs> in no, this no, one, does she? And and also, I think she she's better suited by the costume she wears in this as well than some of the skin tight. Yeah, and shorts. As much as uh, uh, you know, at, at the time, I would have been upset. But yeah, you can. It, it certainly influences the character. Yeah. So she's a much more relaxed. I prefer Perry. I prefer Perry with uh, shorter hair though. This this hair's it, it's almost COVID hair that she's got yes. in this one. This is very eighties. Yeah. Yeah. We also <laughs> noticed that uh, dear old Colin is uh, six years put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> he has during the hiatus. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Um, but I like their dialogue between each, uh, yeah. b- between them. I like the whole thing about you think there's intelligent life here, and the doctor goes, "Well, apart from me, yeah. you know, not not, yeah, you, yeah. not you and me, just <coughs> apart from me." Yeah, 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 the script absolutely has some humdingers for Colin's doctor, and I don't know whether that was like Robert Holmes. He's just a good writer. Was putting him in, and Colin run with it, or whether he tailored it to Colin's sort of portrayal. Um, but it, it just works. No, no one could deliver lines like this, like Colin can, without appearing to be horribly smug and unlikable. Mm. But he's absolutely, he's lovable in it. Isn't he? he's, yes, he's, that's a very good word yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you say the word tailored, which me, yeah. leads me neatly into Taylor from Planet of the Apes, and yes. uh, we have our first kind of nod to Planet of the Apes in that yes. uh, the Doctor. Uh, finds uh, a bracelet rather than like a, a, a child's doll, like you know Taylor finds that, that tips him off. He, he finds a bracelet, doesn't he? He does. Uh, yeah. This is this is very much Planet of the Apes and beneath the Planet of the Apes light, isn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Done on a BBC budget, but yeah, we get he, fi- he finds the bracelet and it shows there's life about. Um, I don't think much of the TARDIS scanners though that it's not picked up the whacking great. Iron Age Village. Iron Age Village, nor, you know, yeah. the city, you know, a few feet yeah. under the ground. Because they're in London, <clears throat> aren't they? Yeah, they're in, they're in London. Um, and we get, we get the, uh, the sort of classic reveal of that this is the Earth. And it's the same as in Beneath the Planet the Apes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They, uh, they find a tube station. Yeah, and I, I don't like that moment because they don't. <coughs> neither of them twig that. Oi, this looks exactly like a tube escalator yeah. that we're walking down. Um, but we also at that point we've got the introduction of Glitz and Dibber. Oh are, yes, yeah, they're they're watching from a distance, aren't they? And aren't spotted by the Doctor and Perry, despite the uh, rather garish outfits that they're wearing. They're not exactly yeah. blending in, are they? I, I sort of get the feeling the script was written for a, a more dense wood area because mm. this is yeah this isn't the trees are not exactly uh, massive are they they're, they're it's very very thin 
sapling trees, so there's not a lot for someone like Tony Selby to hide behind. <laughs> no, you need a big tree for Tony Selby yeah. to hide behind. Um, yeah, and, and Glitzy wants to kill them, um, and, and we hear about something called an L3 robot yes. that's, um, that's in his way, and they've got to destroy the light converter to stop it. Yeah, we get a lot, a lot of exposition dump straight away. Um, but it's, it, it sort of holds together, because we don't know enough about it yet to know what they're on about, but it sounds quite interesting. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of the, um, of the flowery language to this story, um, which at the time I really didn't like. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't like this sort of wordplay, you know, because I know um, Colin Baker and... J and T were both of the thing that if they could if they could put words in that made a kid go and look in a dictionary, brilliant, that's what they wanted. Right. But I, I, I remember when I watched it it was like why is this this seems so flowery and so mm. pretentious some of this dialogue. Um now I, I don't I don't mind it, I've got used to it and there's a, there is a certain um rhythm to it that works. Mm. But not necessarily when it comes out of someone like Tony Selby's mouth. No, because he's, he's he's a Cockney wide boy, any. Well, as <laughs> I say, when we uh, yeah. when, when I give you the alternative uh, choices, oh, yeah. um, maybe it would have worked better. Um, yeah, and he also says this light converter—it's been turned into a totem pole. Yes. Um, yeah, I do. I do like. He's very, very against primitives, isn't he? And the the indigenous population—he yeah. runs them down something shocking. I do like that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Perry yep. says to the Doctor that she's got a feeling that she's been there before. Yes. To which I say, well, take a look at a leaf. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's Earth, dear. <laughs> you know? Well, this, I mean, this is the trouble with sci-fi, isn't it? That we can't really go and film on other planets. So I'm always sort of... It, Stargate used to suffer from this all the time because... It was quite low-budget Stargate, and they used to film in um, Canada, and so everything looks like Canadian woods. And mm. yeah, I, Perry's going, oh, this this seems so familiar. And I, I was like, you, it's like, well, you're a botanist. You yes. must recognise it. Like, that's an oak tree behind you. Yeah. Um, but you, I suppose you've got a suspend. what is it, Will in Suspension of Disbelief? Yes, yeah. And when they, you know, find their way in and go down yeah. the escalator and don't spot it, it that it's an escalator, it's not until they find the Marble Arch sign yeah. that they finally twig. I do like on. as well the Doctor's sort of, even at that point, he's sort of, well, it could... It could be something. Yeah, there is a chance. It's very yeah. slim, but there is a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps that's... <laughs> Cat's just jumped down. She didn't like us dissing the story. Um... Perhaps that's if you travel about as much as the Doctor and Perry do and visit planets that do look remarkably like Earth all the time. Perhaps it is. You've got to be wary. You can't just jump to the conclusion. No, no. And because the Doctor discounts it because the Earth's in the wrong place. This can't be the Earth. Yes. It's in the wrong yeah. place. Plus, it's two million years in Perry's future. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure they've got the science right on this wrong place thing have they because he says it's um x number of millions of miles moved from where earth should be and it's like that's not going to disguise anything because that's still closer than the nearest other planet yes yeah you know um hmm. so why okay it's not where you should think it is but wouldn't you go 
well, it's it's still the closest planet to the solar system that Earth was in that looks mm. like Earth. Yeah. 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 Needed a few more zeros, I think. <laughs> yeah, a few more, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, seeing as this is a Perry story, we might uh, have a down-blousy moment to uh to match you know nissa's last week yeah. uh, we almost get one when she stumbles yes. uh, but we don't um because then we cut to this historical enactment village yes <laughs> w- with joan sims yeah jo- jo- bless her joan sims acting a little heart dressed um, i'm guessing to be almost buddhika like you know well, that, with yeah, the ginger curly what, hair yeah this is what she's meant to be, and she's she's. If you if you read the the I think was it Tacitus or whatever who uh, who described Boudicca, mm. admittedly quite a while afterwards. So you know, it's like four hundred years after, him. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. This this is sort of the, this is what Boudicca is described as, rather than the um, the one on the statue. Yes. Boudicca. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and I, she's definitely playing it in this style of of acting. It's really weird as well that. This is this is quite a comedy story. It's not that serious, but she's the only one, and she's a big comedy actress. She's the only one playing it straight. Absolutely dead yeah. straight. And now yeah. she's not too convincing towards the end. No. Um, but no, at the beginning she is playing it dead straight. Yeah. She is this warrior queen, um, rather portly. You know? Yes. <laughs> As you say, not not like the statue that you see in London. Um, personally, I I would have. Preferred preferred um caroline munro in this yes, in this yeah. role um that would be rather nice don't you think i think she would caroline munro would have been perfect yeah shame she never did doctor who what do you mean by did doctor who well since she never appeared appeared on the two. show okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. what she got up to in her own uh, time well those conventions yeah. sometimes yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so then we cut back to the Doctor, and he's now in a brightly lit corridor, because he's gone through a door, yes. hasn't he? And we're in this brightly lit corridor, and he's grabbed by people led by an almost comatose Tom Chadbourne. Yeah, in an Earthshock uh, helmet. Oh. Now, the, these Earthshock helmets, what the bloody hell are they doing? I mean, he's got a black one, hasn't he, with a green yeah. like, you know, front to it. But all the others have got sort of like, it's been sprayed red, and then they've dribbled paint. Down it. Yeah, I think I think that this was a case of the, as I said, the, the 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 special effects budget and the costume budget was used up shockingly quickly on that beginning bit. So they a lot a lot of the stuff they tried to cut down on. So they they basically went into the stores and went, we need some crash helmets. Oh, we've got all these Earthshock ones. Let's completely and utterly ruin them as as you know as as a classic props. Yeah, they've they've sort of they've almost like tie dyed it, hasn't they? They dribbled yes. stuff over it and they've sprayed. What on earth are they doing? Yeah, horrible, horrible colours. Also, weirdly, they seem to have removed all the padding in them, so they're sitting really badly yeah. on these actors. Um, it doesn't look right. And the trouble is, of course, if if you're going to use reuse a costume, don't reuse something so iconic mm. from a beloved serial from you know, a couple of years back. From your own show. Yeah, from your own show. God forbid they did it, but but what yeah. do it to a Federation guard helmet from Blake Seven and, and, yeah. and take the faceplate off. Well they did. Know, they or... did they did that in front of us. They cut up all the Blake Seven Federation true, guards and true. used them in front of us. So yeah, if if they'd have done it the other way, if if say 
the timing would have allowed it when they would have been made that Blake 7 used the Earth Shock helmets. I'd gone, yeah, okay, I can see that. But yeah, this is this is pushing things a bit too far. Mm. Yeah, you know, and it's horrible. Like, mm, it, it's a horrible yeah. paint job. Um, so, yeah, um, this Tom, he's talking to our adversary yeah. of the week. Um, and we see him for the first time, old Drathro, the L3 robot. Um, yes. What do you think? Initial thoughts on, on his look? Um, I, I quite like it. It's it's weird enough, but also solid enough. It does suffer from the old, like we had the veneer last week. It suffers from the old fiberglass rubbing against fiberglass sound effect. Yeah. Wasn't this... Do I, I want to say Janet Ellis's dad or something? It is Janet Ellis's dad, yes. Is it Janet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He appeared on... on um... Doctor, oh, sorry, Blue Peter, with it. Oh, did he? Oh, right, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he, he was in the L1 robot. He, he trundles yeah. on in the L1 robot, gets yeah. out, explains to his daughter how it's all done, and then the tall effects bod who played Drathro, he, he, he stumbles in, and they take that little face plate off, uh, the, yeah. the number three thing off the front, so uh, he can talk to uh, to our Janet. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it's a good... It's, for for this era of Doctor Who, um, it's a it's a good suit, I think. Yeah, um, I like the head especially. Um, you know, that's quite yeah. a complex. Uh, you know, to have compound curves like that, that must have taken some effort to make. No, I I I, I don't mind the the look of it. The actual yeah. you know uh, use of it, it, as you say, is a bit problematical. Um, I always remember not liking his voice because it's too close to a Cyberman. Or yeah, a cyber it's, leader it's voice. It's the old, um, it's the old uh, modulator type voice they used yeah, to do. Yeah, but now yeah. watching it this time, yeah, um, it's not really. No, it's not. But also his delivery of lines, um, one sentence delivery, um, reminds me very much of the Immortan Joe as well. Yes, that's true. The way I, he I barks do like, things out. Yeah, I like that Drathro has a bit of a personality. Um, he's not just a mad robot. And I, I I love the fact that later on Colin gets to do some some quite good comedy with it. Um, yeah, I, I think he he works quite well as a character. Um, I quite like say I, I like the suit and I like the way it's all hard joints. There's no uh, no um, like rubberized joints or cloth joints so he can move. But that does mean he suffers a bit from the TV version of Marvin the Paranoid Android in that he's not that mobile. <laughs> It's very um, hitchhikers, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, it's just crying out for a bit of foley work. Yes. You know, put, put some or something on. Yeah, especially. It. I mean, he's got yeah. these nifty uh, revolving wrists as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put a sound effect on that to yeah. sell it a bit, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, he he, he works well. I think he's alright. I used to have the. Um, do you remember Fine Arts Castings did? Oh yeah. Well, that takes me back. Yeah. yeah. I see Eagle Moss do one as well. Have you got the yes, Eagle Moss? Yeah. I haven't, no. Um, I might have a look at it. Because, um, hmm. yeah, I do... I think he's all right. He's, he's, he's quite a nice design. Did did we find out at any point in the story why he's got a name? Why he's called Drathro? Um, no. Who, who named him? Did he name well, himself? I, I, I got a feeling he's perhaps named himself because he's gone a bit off the boil, hasn't he, as far as logic. And that. Well, that's 500 years um, there. Yeah, boy. so I think he's become a bit of a megalomaniac. Um I, I wonder if perhaps it's not his name. Perhaps that's his brand. 
Yeah. He's made by the Drathro company. It could be the the the, the you know brand of uh, batteries that he uses yeah. or something like that. Could, yeah. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Um well when we go back to the village old Joan and all the villagers it's all very uh, horrible histories. It all yes. looks very horrible histories. Broken Who's tooth the, as well. Broken tooth that's it. I was going to say iron tooth no broken tooth. He's terrible. I don't know who he is. No, I don't he's know. terrible. Yeah. He's not putting much effort in. He's got the worst beard stuck on in history. In a wig, yeah. A this is very history. much in a horrible history. Yeah, this, you're right. This would fit directly in a horrible histories episode. It's that we're not quite taking it seriously. That's exactly the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, this is long before horrible histories. Doctor yes. Who was doing it. Yeah. Um, talking about the Doctor, he wakes up next to this. He calls him a whiskerless youth. I like yes. that line. Yeah. A whiskerless loot. Youth, Whisk, yeah, whiskerless. Youth. He, he's brilliant. He, he again, Colin is sparkling. He absolutely takes the the Michael out of um, Balthazar. Yes. Um, it yeah, I love these bits, and I I love it when um, when he's explaining what their book collection is. Yes. And Colin's like, that sounds a bit of a rum library. It's just yes. brilliant. And Balthazar is very good. I like. He's his, really good. Yeah. Yes, he he is devoted to their three ancient texts. Yes. You know, this is classic Robert Holmes intelligent yeah. writing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. This is, this is, Sunmakers. This is, you know, like you say, classic Robert Holmes. It, uh, it makes sense. It's wonderfully witty and funny, and it makes you think a bit. But yeah, he's. Because obviously there's not that many books, there's not m much records of the old civilization. So what they've got, they treasure. And yeah, he's in charge of the three books. Yes. Um, which do you remember them? <laughs> there's Mobile Dick. Is it Mobile Dick? <laughs> Mobile Dick. You've got the you, you know HM da, 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 of birds. Yeah. And, and, and what the was the third babies. one? And the water babies. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes. Uh, the 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 you. This is the only bit that. That I think, and I don't know whether I'm being pedantic here, is when he says, um, uh, what's the third book? And he goes, it's uh, UK Habitat of the whatever, Canadian Goose or whatever, yes. like HM Station Office. And um, then Colin Baker goes, and what's this place called? And he goes, UK Habitat. And it's like, hang on, are they saying that they got the name of this place from the book? Yeah. Or I didn't quite get what they were going for there. I don't know. It didn't quite work. It's all great fun, and it oh, makes no sense. No. I mean, yeah, it's two million years in the future, and three books have survived, but you know, but they can still read English. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. They still, they still got an underground system and yes, you know, tube yeah. guards and things. Yeah, so that's all survived. I do love as well that Colin Baker absolutely doesn't put any threat into their thing that they're going to execute him. It's, it's 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 really well played. He's I got like no threat because he's got his umbrella to yeah. get him out of it, hasn't and, he? And this is uh, this is how you if you've got a prop umbrella, this is how you use it. Like earlier, he was gesturing with it and doing things. You, unlike Sylvester, he would use it in ways that were going. I've got a prop umbrella. Colin is so natural using this umbrella, and yeah, and I my one of my favourite scenes is where he. Uh, I know we're not discussing the, the Valyard, but where he, he, in the execution, he puts the umbrella up and he goes, do you, do you see what I did there? Yes. And like <laughs> to throw him off. It's, yeah, it's so He's Because that's it, isn't it? Because episode one ends with him being yes, stoned yeah. to death. 
Yeah. Um, despite uh, he, he tried using the umbrella, but it didn't quite. Yeah, it work. didn't work very well, did it? Yeah. Didn't work very well. But no, it is good. I mean, episode two. Yeah, we cut to the doctor, and he's like, "Did you see what I did there? Clever, eh? Wasn't it?" Yeah. Da, da, da. Um, yeah. No, he's only stunned, though, isn't he? Um, yes. He's yeah, not so, killed. Yeah. So um, the other two arrive to uh, stop the stoning. Um, and he's not dead, luckily. Otherwise, the, the we might have got regeneration early, I suppose. Yes, I suppose. And at the same time, Perry meets Katrika, um, yes. where she learns she's going to be given multiple husbands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, I, I can understand I, why a man would be given multiple wives, because you've got more chance of propagating yes. your people. But you can only get up the duff one at a time. So what's the point of having multiple husbands? I... I presume the idea is because she says we haven't got many women, so she's keeping the men happy Ugh. by letting them. Yeah. <laughs> See, that that didn't even occur to me. I thought it was just a procreation yeah. thing. No, I, I, I mean it, it. It wouldn't work that way, would it? Yeah. If it was for procreation, you have one man and lots of women. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> because because it doesn't matter how many men you've got; it's only one that's gonna, you know course conception isn't it yes yeah. yeah all right well Murdine, that's the character's name isn't it? that's Murdine, tom's that's name Murdine. Yes. he lets us know that the immortal is never seen right yes um and we get a nice bit with uh colin in the camera looking at the camera um and oh it's a monofilament da, 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 yeah. da. hello in there which hasn't dated it well has it because now we get this to cctv it? yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then the worst thing, I mean, yeah, I've got a problem with Tony Selby um, um, because he's Tony Sel- Selby. But the worst thing in this story for me are the, uh, is the appalling other double act. Those two blokes with the wavy yes. hair. I, don't, I, I can't stand them. <laughs> I really can't this, stand them. Um, I know they're meant to be irritating and we're not supposed to like them, but I really, really don't like them. Yeah, I think they... At the time, I absolutely detest them. I I just mildly dislike them now. Right. Um, this is this is Robert Holmes revisiting it. So it's a bit like the Crotons. So oh, every it's a every lot now like and the again, Crotons. Yeah, every now and again, Drathro gets the brightest of the the generation, and they become his uh, sort of slaves, and they think they're being sacrificed and all that. Um, weirdly, all of this, like Drathro being out of shot and these being there, is all separated from the main population by a small plywood door. Yep. I'm not entirely sure how they haven't ever just looked in and gone, ooh, he's a robot. Um, but yeah, the, these guys are overacting shockingly. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know what, what the idea was behind these. They just don't work. None of their lines are particularly funny. No. Um, Very, very irritating. Yeah, just irritating. They remind me of... um, They remind me of the sort of characters you would get, say, on the Fast Show or Mm. on some of the the lesser absolutely sketches where it's like obnoxious characters, but we're stuck with them. Yeah. Oh, I don't Um, like them at all. I don't know what they bring to the story either. I don't see the purpose of them. I mean, at the end... they don't do anything. What do they do? Yeah, they don't influence anything. It's not even really to give Drathro someone to talk to because almost immediately there's always someone else there, even the Sixth Doctor or some, you know, mm. one of the other characters. I, I don't. 
these feel like a leftover from an earlier draft. Well, old Bob liked his double wax, yeah. so I guess he yeah. just thought he'd stick another one in. Um, so See what they remind me of the um, the bloody uh, Lord of the Rings hobbits, Pippin and Merry. Merry, yeah. That's what they remind me. Yeah, of. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, well, just after that, this is when we get the L1 robot. Yes. Here. Yeah. Okay. So you, you who who is that actually a, appears to be? I won't say an actual robot, but it's it's a tracked vehicle. It it sort of operates like a, a real vehicle would, but it's obviously painfully slow. Yes. Yeah. So they speed it up. Late and it later, later on, when they're when it's in the forest and they're you know attacking it, the, uh, the the people up top are attacking it. There was meant to be a high up shot looking down, really? but they couldn't do it because it was just painfully obvious how slow it was. Yeah. So it's, it it they could have cut this out and it wouldn't have affected anything. No. Why is it sprayed yellow like that? Don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's quite I, ambitious for a Doctor Who to have a tracked vehicle, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it's very unusual design, very realistic design, but then you sort of you see it in action and you realise why they don't go with these style of designs, mm. um, because it just doesn't work. Mm. I like later on as well when um, when it's meant to pick up uh, the Doctor, and it's, <laughs> it's like, no, it's oh, not going to work. No, not at all. Oh, you can see... What they that they had to do what they had had to do to get round that and but it's not convincing in the slightest, is it? Okay. No. All right. The the doctor is sent into the castle to meet Drathro, and yes. I like the way you know, um, Mirden was it Mirden? Yes. Says you will keep your eyes on the floor, and the doctor's like oh, Murdine. Murdine, sorry. And so many weird names. Yeah. And he, he says you will keep your eyes on the floor, yeah. and Colin's like. Will I? <laughs> yeah, Colin. Colin is brilliant. He's not the doctor to um, to grovel, is he? Before these megalomaniac uh, people. Um, yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, yeah. He gets introduced to the L three, um, and he immediately sizes him up, doesn't he, and puts him in his place. That is brilliant. I love it. I could. This is one of. This is a sort of a story that I think would work really well on audio. I have been waiting for this day. Welcome at last. You're expecting me? For centuries. I am Drethro, an L3 robot. Then I fear you are under a slight misapprehension, Drathro. I only decided to come here yesterday. You are not from Andromeda? Then where are you from? Uh, Gallifrey, originally. Though I travel around a lot. I have heard of Gallifrey, an advanced civilization. In some ways. I apologize for my error. Oh, that's all right. Even immortals make the odd mistake every few millennia. I am not immortal. Oh. Well, the locals round here seem to think you are. These are my assistants, Tendril and Hancock. You will work with them. Will I? Why? Because I command it. Oh. And you are obviously a robot used to getting your own way. This is remarkable, Drathro. Most impressive. Even the texture has an organic warmth. Do stop prodding me, there's a good fellow. The Doctor is not a robot. He is an organic from an advanced civilization. An organic? We have not met an organic since we passed the selection. Ah, 
I knew you two hadn't ended up for lunch. Explain. Never mind. What is this work you want me to do? It's uh, in that scene, Drathro says he's been expecting the Doctor. He thinks yeah. the Doctor's come from Andromeda, doesn't he? Yeah, he thinks he's the rescue party that we find out later. And I like it, it's like he's ready to go, isn't it? It's like, okay, I'll get my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite he's funny, because like, he has got a suitcase yeah. at the end, virtually, he has, hasn't yes. he? It's like Col Collins' is Uber driver, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> me taxi's here, yeah. Um, no, he needs the Doctor to help find the fault in the black light system. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, so for some for some reason his power comes from a black light antenna that is being worshipped by the uh, tribe of the free, um, which it seems a strange strange sort of setup, and I don't, I'm not quite sure why why it's a problem now. As because has Dibber blown it up yet? I don't think he has yet. Has no, he? he hasn't blown it up yet. No. no, but he's still having problems with it. So it's basically like a solar yeah. cell that's up on the surface yeah, that's giving him his power, except instead of solar light, it's black light. Black light. Which um, well, it used to be a terabilitis band, wasn't it? Black light. Do you remember? No. The only, the only thing I know operation... Black lace. That's what I'm oh, thinking it's black of. lace. See, ah, this should uh, have been powered by... Drathray should have been powered by black lace. See... Ian you, are, Ian, Ian, you are letting me down big time right. because you're thinking, oh, what is it? Oh, oh, and come up with black lace. I'm thinking black light. That's what Hulk, Bob Hulk, says to Snake Pliskin in Escape from New York. Oh, right. He mentions so that, black that... light. So when I hear black light, I think of Escape from New York. When you hear black light, you think of black think lace. Of black lace, which probably tells <laughs> us a lot about our own personalities, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe? or how late in the evening it is for yeah. both of us. Yes, yeah. Um, so we also find out that water is really, really rare and scarce yes. down below, but Drathro knows it's raining and it's abundant up top, but this is an underground system, yeah. so, so he doesn't care that it's raining upstairs. Yeah, it, it, I mean, lovely lovely computer logic, isn't it? He's been programmed that this is a, a self-contained um, system, and he has to run it like it's a self-contained system. And the fact that there's water elsewhere, food elsewhere, people... He, he, he doesn't care because he's he's been told to run it like a self-contained system. So they've only got a limited amount of water, despite the fact that the planet's, you know, raining non-stop. Um, they keep having to have coals of people if the population gets too much. Um, yeah, class, classic Robert Holmes having a go at computers, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Well, the, the Doctor next escapes by very crappily ex uh, electrocuting Drathro yeah. and, and those two twerps. Uh, Amy didn't succeed on <laughs> He runs out the door. The L1 robot's yeah. there. He says to the L1 robot, look, and points. Yeah. The L1 looks, <laughs> and he runs off. Off he goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oh, oh, Tom, he's telling... Uh, Balazar? Balazar. I can never... Balazar. Yeah. Balazar. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. We're terrible at remembering names. That's not very memorable names. That's the problem. No. That he's Bob. got... We'll call him Bob. Bob. All right, Ted. Bob's got to go up top to join the others that he's already yes. released. While yeah, somebody so called Grell listens in around a corner that we can see and they should be able to see, but they don't. Yeah. Well, a classic... Um, Lack of peripheral vision on Doctor Who characters. Uh, yeah, Grell. Grell. This is a weird little 
plot that goes nowhere in it. So uh, Mordine has been, every time he's meant to execute someone, he's been letting them go. Um, again, touches of Logan's run, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been letting them go to go up top to join the tribe of the free, who he knows all about, doesn't he? He knows. Yeah, I mean, knows. I'm presuming he was the one that let Broken Tooth or Black Tooth or whatever his name is go. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grell listens in from literally a foot away. Um, and he's going to dob in uh, Mordine to Drathro to try and elevate his position. It goes nowhere, this. No. Nowhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird misstep in an otherwise fairly sort of concise story. Well, I think the only reason you got for Grill is he gets you out of a cliffhanger um, yes. later oh, on, yeah, you know, and not yeah. a good one. Um, talking about not very good, that's when Dibber blows up the uh, light yeah. converter because, you know, you hear an explosion and then it's just there. It's it's yeah. fallen over, hasn't it, you know? Well, it's the BBC can't afford too much. Mm. And it's a shame because normally they do like blowing things up, don't they? Yeah, so not this the Iron time. Age village said no. It I could mean, be that, yeah, mm. yeah, you can't, well... All, all yeah, f- a lot of thatch roofs in there. Yeah, very bones. much so, yeah, yeah. And episode two ends with, with them all trapped in the underground, you know, they've yes. run back down and you've got, you know, the L1 on one side, you've got the villagers on the other side. Um, yeah, but Cla- classic sort of being attacked from both sides. Aren't yeah, so many times in, in I've, I've never really noticed it before, but in Colin Baker's stories, the uh, the cliffhanger ends with a close-up on Colin Baker looking quite yes. shocked, you know, um, or screaming Perry. It, yeah, it's hugely repetitive. Um, I can't, I can't remember which story it was, but I was watching a making of the other day, and they, the director said that he purposely did that. He made sure that every, every episode ending was a close-up of Colin Baker's face, <laughs> just as a yeah. But the fact that they can get away with it is weird. Yeah, I think the the cliffhangers on, in this era of Doctor Who are quite weak anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is this. This isn't the weakest one, because the next one I think is even weaker. Yeah. But th- this is fairly weak. Yeah, and the resolution is Broken Tooth knows um, Balazar, doesn't he? Yes. And he shoots the L1. Um, the Doctor's not happy that their converter has been destroyed. He thinks that's bad news. And, and he's taken off to meet Katrika. Yeah, so I think the Doctor's worried that, with, for some weird reason, without the Blacklight converter... Um, like something's going to blow up or react. There's something, some threat, isn't there? Yeah. Sort of hang on. So the lack of power is going to cause it mm. to blow up. Bit, bit strange. When he goes and meets Katrika and old Jones sat there yeah. and listening to him and everything, did you get a like a tense of goth vibe from all oh, this? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you definitely. Know, this is very much, you know, the house of the tense of goth, isn't it? It's the, yes. it's the sister, isn't it? You know, yep, this, of Gola, yeah. yeah. That wasn't written by Robert Holmes, <laughs> No, there was no double wax in there. No, Can't have true. been, yeah. Um, and while they're nattering, somehow the L1 robot has managed to get up that escalator because we see its POV, yeah. don't we, as it approaches the escalator. And yeah. it's like, it, we, we're not seriously not supposed to fit. think it's going to yeah. go up there, but yeah, it is. It's up there. He's been sped up as he trundles around this village. Yep. Nobody seems to notice him as yeah, he's trundling around. Yeah, yellow tracked vehicle that's making a noise. Hmm. Um, yeah, no one notices it. Yet, weirdly, earlier, like, 
as soon as people approach, the, the guards rush in and tell Katrika, oh, there's a stranger broken, it's such yeah. a broken river. But not Big this. old robot. Do you think they just couldn't, didn't know how to describe it? Oh, let's not bother telling that. It could what? have a perception yeah. filter on it or something. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Mm. Glitz asks the Doctor, have you got a time ring uh, yeah. to get them away? Which is a reference to Genesis of the Daleks, that is. Yeah, um, the, 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 the thing the Time Lords time gave him. Yeah, I yeah. think it was called a time ring. So, you know, Glitz seems to know stuff about the Time Lords, doesn't he? Well, yeah, well, we fi- I mean, we find out later on why he's here. Ah, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's all, all connected. So, yeah, he's well aware of the Time Lords, who they are, what they do. He's a, he's aware of the Matrix and what it is. So he's fairly well versed on Time Lord history. And, yeah, and he also knows that Ravalox is Earth. Yes. Somehow moved. Yeah, because it's been a while since I've seen the, the, the horribly convoluted... Um, the resolution to all this. Resolution to this season. And does does it turn out that... Yeah, I'm sure it turn, doesn't turn out that the Masters hired him. And this I is do what not know. Yeah. All I know is that he comes back. Uh, I didn't even know that Dibber didn't come back. It wasn't yeah. too earlier that you said, oh, it's a shame Dibber didn't come back. Yeah. I know he comes back later in yeah. a later story, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen that story. Right. So Yeah, he, he comes back in the final two parts of of this trial of time lord season um and i'm i i think it turns out i mean people will correct me if i'm wrong but i think it turns out that the mask the anti Ainley master he's working for him and this might i think it was all all retconned because obviously the complete shambles behind the scenes and it was never meant to be this but they they sort of retcon this in so you could squinting at it go Okay, this makes sense because the master's forewarned him. But wouldn't the master have forewarned him about the doctor? You would have thought as yeah. well, wouldn't you? Yeah. Whatever plan I put in motion, he'll turn up. So that story you're talking about was that written by Robert Holmes? Uh, <laughs> this this is where it gets very convoluted. So Robert Holmes was was meant to write the final two parts, and he wrote the first part, and he outlined the second part, and then. He was either too ill or he died, oh. so he couldn't finish it. So Eric Saywood stepped in to finish part 14, um, but then had his massive falling out with J&T. So he left, and he withdrew all rights to use the Robert Holmes version. So J&T bought in Pippa Jane Baker to write the two parts, but they were under strict instructions that... They couldn't be shown what Robert Holmes wanted to do, and nothing in it could match Robert Holmes's original ideas. Uh, yep. Otherwise, Eric Saywood would sue, which is why the ending makes no sense whatsoever. But I don't understand. How can Eric Saywood have the power to say you're not allowed to use anything by Bob Holmes? Um, because I think he. Because he was great friends with Robert Holmes, so when Robert Holmes died, I think presumably talking to the estate of Robert Holmes, or oh. perhaps he was left, to, you know. But yeah, he had the work, so he said, "I'm going to finish this story." Um, and then when he left, because he was co-writer with it, he took it, and they couldn't do anything with it. Um, All seems a bit petty. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a horrible, horrible mess of a time. It was a lot of a lot of 
people that were acting like kids. Well, dear. Um, it's a shame because this, yeah. the, the, the beginning of the season here, what <coughs> we're talking about, all starts very well. It's a shame that it degenerated into that at the end. Yeah. Well, it, be, it becomes nonsense because it's like things like they just go, oh, well, Valyard, oh, he's, he's, he's the evil part of the Doctor somewhere between his 12th and 13th regenerate. Yeah, that would do. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it's absolutely crap, to be honest. Has there the never been anything awful. released about what Robert Holmes had planned? Yeah, so, I mean, to be fair, Robert Holmes' original idea doesn't sound particularly better, um, but Robert Holmes wanted to end end it with the Master and the Doctor uh, stuck in the Matrix, forever fighting, because the idea was this may be the last season of Doctor Who ever. Oh, OK. Um, so, so Robert Holmes wanted to do it off on a proper ending, but then J&T said, no, if we do it on a proper ending, that gives the BBC an out to say, oh, OK, no, that's a good place to end. Let's chop it. Right. So he wanted to end more on a, an optimistic note. OK, right. Um, right. But yeah, I don't. To, to be fair, I think Robert Holmes at that point was very much um, at death's door. So I okay. don't think it was his best work. All right. OK. All right, um, well, the next bit, we've just discussed it. Um, it's the rubbish bit where the L1 captures the Doctor, you know, comes yes. in through that polystyrene wall. Yeah, uh, we get a bit of uh, backwards filming, don't we, which is always fun. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never Rap- convincing, but always yeah. fun. Wraps him in those tentacles in a not-too-good yep. way and, uh, and goes off past all these villagers who are still, you know, toiling the land and don't seem yep. to see... They the don't fact seem to care, do they? there's a robot carrying a yeah. man in a rather brightly dressed, uh, you know, coloured coat, and they don't see well, that. To be fair, um, Katrina does say that many people have come to take their totem, so perhaps this is an everyday occurrence for them. Oh, maybe. You know, yeah. Like, oh, someone's come oh, to steal our thing again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she and her men they do defeat L1. Yes. And, and, and it's a crappy once... robot, isn't it? It gets defeated by hitting it with a few sticks. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And she wants to go and storm the castle, as yeah. she calls it. I, I did not know that at this point, Colin Baker does a brilliant John Pertwee impersonation. Yes. My head hurts abominably, Sarah so, yeah. Jane. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant. It's really good, yeah. It's, um, it's a, ni- a nice little touch without rubbing it in too much. I guess that was scripted. That wasn't an ad, was it? Um, I, I, I don't know whether it was scripted us to do it as the third Doctor or anything, but I know, it was, I, I got a feeling it was Colin Baker's idea, but it might have been scripted as part of that, rather than madly. But yeah, he, he was the one that wanted to do it. And he did it very, very well. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a high point for me. Yeah. Um, so, episode three ends with, yeah, Murdine shooting the Doctor. Well, this is, because um, we've had, like, the last episode ending was basically the Sea Devils, episode ending, weren't it, where they get stuck between the yes. emerging monster and the, the, the guards. And then this one is uh, Tomb and Sideman ending, where mm-hmm. um, uh, where he shoots. He goes, I'm going to shoot you, Doctor, and he fires, and then next week we find out, oh, actually, you shot someone else. Well, and this, this is, is it, exactly. This is it. It? Yeah, because it's yeah. Grell, isn't it? Grell. Goodbye, Grell. Yeah. We barely knew you. Well, that's his purpose fulfilled, yes. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon that's the entire reason they wrote him in, was for this? I think so. Yeah, God, yeah. It's not good, is it? But, but again, Tom Chadbourne, you know, he's mourning the death of somebody he knew, and he's there's no emotion at all. Well, it's it, he, he killed someone, and then he's it's like he's mourning, saying, hey, "My best friend, you were 
And he's talking as if he's just knocked a cup of tea over, isn't it? Yeah. So like, oh, I was going to drink now. I was going to dunk it's my It's all so bland, into. isn't it? His performance yeah. is so bland. Um, I next, don't know why, though. I don't know. Um, next, we've got Katrika meeting Drathro, and she tries to do a bit of bluster, but she's killed um, and broken well, tooth. Yeah, I love this. So she finds, like, one machine gun that she gets off of... Um, <laughs> Glitz. And she goes like, with this power we can take over the thing. Um, and it's it's the worst thing. So they, they, they break in and she goes, lead the way Broken Tooth, you know the way. And then we get one of those padding scenes where, which again, that happens in Lord of the Rings, where um, a character that should know the way because they've lived there their entire life goes, I can't remember which way to go. Yeah. Is it this way? And they, yeah, they eventually go in and um, yeah, a bit, bit of bluster. And then we get quite a... For this sort of style of story, which is very whimsical, we get quite a nasty death for Katrina. Yeah, because they're electrocuted, aren't they? Yeah. Which yeah. looks to me like they've put some raspberry jam on their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not the most convincing death in the world. No, no. Um, <coughs> next, we've got we've got the censored bit with Glitz, haven't we? Where yes. He, he yeah, said, I like that. Yeah, he says the sleepers found their way into the Matrix. Now, they bleep out the yeah. word Matrix, but you can clearly see that clearly Tony see that Selby Matrix, is saying yeah. Matrix, yes. The biggest, the like biggest net of information in the galaxy. Yeah, so I like the fact that they're, they're playing the clip and and we as viewers are watching it and it does it, and thing, and it cuts to the Doctor and he's like, hang on, what, 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 what's going on why, here? Why is that? Yeah, and then... Um, the Valiar says, oh, we can't show it for it. And the the, uh, the Inquisitor says, no, no, play that again. Obviously implying that she wanted to hear what it said. And it plays with the bleep again. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what was the point of that? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's quite obviously that he's saying Matrix. Yes, um, yeah. Which again, I suppose this does tie in slightly with if the Master did send him there. Yeah. Um, but how many times does the Master want to plunder the Matrix secrets? Mm. Yeah. You know, he's mm. done it before, hasn't he? He certainly has. Um, so, Drathro wants everyone cold outside yes. his castle, uh, but the Doctor says he'll help him. Um, and he, he says he'll help him by shutting everything down. But if he shuts everything down, that will shut Drathro down. So Drathro doesn't, yep. uh, doesn't want him to do that. And that's when the Doctor says, look, organics are more important than robots. To which Drathro yeah, quite, says yeah. no, because, you know, yeah. robots are more advanced, so they're of more value than organics. Yeah, this this is something that's um, that, that doesn't doesn't mean quite as the way it was meant then, was it? Because back then, you're meant to clearly go, the doctor's right in this. An, a, a, an organic life form must be above a manufactured life form. But since then, we've had like datum, we've had different mm -hmm. things, right? And we've got AI now, or close to. So I think it now different. You sat, you go, it's oh, a bit high-handed of you, mm -hmm. Doctor. Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure you're right there. Um, but yeah, the the assumption is that Drathro should lay down his life to keep these. What what is it that uh, Glitz calls them? Is it a mucky? Grubbing, yeah, something uh, like that. Earth worshippers or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a point, Drefro. Right? I think he's, you know. Yeah, but the doctor perhaps. counters and he says you're suffering from yeah. hubris. He's suffering from yeah. hubris, isn't he? Um, next, we've got this uh, food chamber scene with the others. Oh, that 
hate this. It, it, it's terrible. It's not convincing in the slightest. We really should have a terrible video effect tally on this, like we did on Blake 7 yeah. in character. Because those, those lasers are terrible. Yeah. This, you get the feeling that this is pure padding, don't you? Yep. Sort of padding, and they want to give Perry and that something to do. But yeah, we get we get this terrible, terrible sequence, and that culminates in slapstick pie in the face. Oh, I wasn't it's expecting like that. that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's bad enough. The red lasers are bad enough. Yeah. Dibber shooting their hold so they can escape is worse, and then the rubbish, you know, food yeah. in the face, is is but, even worse. Yeah, but you're trying to. You're trying to portray a coming to a climax, and um, you know it's serious, and there's stakes here, and then you throw in a comedy pie in the face gag. Yeah. Hmm. Not doesn't doesn't really work. No. But they come out. They all go and meet up with Drathro. There they all are. They're there. Glitz says that they they've got tons of black light back on their ship. Yes. Why? why yeah, so, so much we can't see. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're permanently dark. Yes, yeah. and they'll give it, it him yeah. it and take him back to Andromeda if he goes and gets his like you know like little secret little box, suitcase, yeah. which is a one-inch videotape case. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a three M case, isn't it? We used yeah, to, they've they've we sprayed it bronze. Yeah. Um, and I like the way Glitz says, "Oh, it's all on micro dots, is it?" Yeah. That. Like, that, that, that dates it badly. Yeah, in the eighties, that was high tech, you know. But well, we all, yeah, we always, like when we were growing up, there was certain things, weren't there? So we all, we all thought we'd die from quicksand, and we all thought that <laughs> hidden everywhere in the world would be microdots. Yes. You used to get it in like two thousand AD, wasn't it, where they say a, a single microdot on a full stop on an envelope could contain all your life secrets. Right? It was in and the we, war yeah, we comics, obsessed. like Bullet and Warlord, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, everything was microdots yep, yeah, on the back of a stamp. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, that that off they go, and then you've got the Doctor, Murdine and Perry operating the controls to shut everything down, and I like the way yeah. this is 500-year-old technology from the Andromeda Galaxy, but it's 1980s... Um, you know, keyboards and stuff yeah. like that. It, it it looks especially like they've just gone into the vision mixing office. Yeah. And gone, grab, grab what you can. <laughs> I mean, also the fact that it's 500-year-old Andromedan technology and, like, Murdine and that can operate okay, even though they, they're literally meant to be... They've got no education. They've only no. got three books. They've been bred to be docile and stupid and... Yeah, it's very strange. And Perry operating it. Hmm. <laughs> well, they, they managed to do it. They managed to, yes. you know, uh, de defeat Drathro. Drathro falls flat on his face and yeah. then glows red. And that's the end of I hope, Drathro. I hope, uh, I hope the actor wasn't in there when they pushed it over. No, that's a fire. That, that, they made it like a fiberglass shell of it yeah. and, uh, oh, yeah. for that and, and internally lit with like red bulbs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the end of old um, bullet headed Drathro. And that's the end of Drathro. Now, looking into this story, right, as, you know, um, as when, at the moment when Perry says, you know, to the Doctor, oh, I'm, t I I'm tired, and, uh, and the Doctor puts, you know, an arm round her, yeah. you know, in the original script, get this, right, this is what it says. 
Perry puts her arms around the doctor's neck, neck and rests her head on his mighty manly chest. He wrote that column. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he scribbled that in with think, pencil? Yeah, it's written in pencil, yeah. No, apparently Robert, Robert Holmes put that she rests her head on his mighty manly chest. And then, okay, he's, yeah. then he's put, right, so you uh, have yeah. that mental image listener, right, of Perry putting her head on Colin Baker's mighty manly chest. chest. Then Robert Holmes puts, the doctor reciprocates the friendly affection. So are we to gather that Colin Baker is then going to put his his head head on on Perry's Perry's mighty chest? Mighty chest. Oh dear. Perhaps it was written by Colin. (laughs) In the pub one night. Yes. Yeah. And um, and the story ends with the Doctor musing on who moved the Earth and what yep. was in that box, and that's how it ends. Yeah, they yeah they sort of they're they're starting to set up for the season, sort of what would now be I suppose arc questions, and it's like what's in, they never bother coming back to it. No. In the final episode, it's like oh, oh yeah that rubbish, no one remembers that. Don't bother. Yeah. So that's our story over. Yes. Right. Um, now, we have a date, of course. It's two million years in Perry's future, right? Yes. So that is the year 2001980, and then have a final digit wherever you think this story is heading, uh, yeah. uh, uh, wherever Perry's from. So that officially puts this story the furthest in the future any of our doctors has, has ever been. All right? Two million years yeah. in the future. Because we have... The year 10,000 is the nearest to it, which is the fourth Doctor in London for the Sontaran experiment. All right? Which they, they almost could have tied it all together. Well, I like they? the fact that, yeah, affairs, in the year 10,000, yeah. London is buried. And here, yeah. here we are. Here you, it is buried again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still, still buried. buried yeah. Yes, yeah. All right, so... Because they do know what they're doing. Um... Next bit, Ian, I thought, yeah. as well as Drathroge, shall we uh, rate the L1 as well? Yeah. yeah, we certainly could. Shall we do L1 first? Yeah, let's, let's do L1 first. All right, so L1, what do you think of the design of L1? Um, it's, it's functional and it's sort of vaguely realistic. Um, so... I think design-wise, it's not horrible. It's nothing memorable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't feel obliged to make a kit of this, would you? No, I don't think so. I'm going to give it a very, very, very slightly below run-of-the-mill four. Hmm. Because oh. the design, it's okay. It does what it does. You, it's almost like a portaloo on a tractor. Well, I was thinking it's like an obelix. Obelix, yeah. isn't it, on a on a tractor or something like that? Yeah. Um, so I don't mind that. I just don't like the yellow uh, painting on it. Uh, is that meant to be camouflaged or something? I don't know. I when you were saying about it earlier, and I thought, is are these weird colours meant to be? Is it some sort of weird reference to the fact that it's the underground? And obviously, in the eighties, the underground was graffitied to buggery. Oh. Um, and I, I thought, because the, the yellow on it is very much like someone's gone mad with a can of spray paint. Yes. And the helmets are the same. So I don't know whether there's some sly and subtle reference to graffiti on the underground. Well, it's true. That went of, right over my head. Right yeah, over well, I didn't think of it until you mentioned it earlier. And it's like, hang on, yeah. Mm. Could be. I might well, be giving them the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I, you gave it a four. I gave it a three. Right. Yeah. So that's three and a half. Okay. For design. But how effective was he? Uh, it doesn't work at all on camera, does it? It it shows why these sort of tracked vehicles they're designed to move slowly. They're not. You know what I mean? Mm. They're not quick. It's it's unwieldy. Um, it gets that stupid scene where Colin Baker says, "Look," and it does. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I had this at two, two for me. A two. For effectiveness. Yeah. All right. I had one and a half. Yeah. Right. That's fair. So that's one point seven five. All right. So. Uh, if it still exists, I think it was at Longleat for a bit. I went to Longleat in about I don't know eighty eight, eighty nine. I don't remember seeing it there. But then again, I, I wouldn't remember it. It's not that memorable, yeah, it's is it? It's not memorable at all, no. No. Uh, so divide that by two. Adversary rating, 4.4. 4. All right. Below average. 4.4. 4. Yeah, below average. L1. Where are you, L1? We haven't got... Oh, that's interesting. We haven't got a 4.4, 4, but we have got a 4.38, which is almost a 4.4. And that's uh, the Quarks. Oh, wow. They, they share a bit with the Quarks, don't they? Yeah. If they were in a caravan with the Quarks, they're not going anywhere, are they? Yeah, they're is as it? clunkily unconvincing yeah. as yes. the Quarks. Yeah. All right, so... At least that... the Quarks have comedy voices, I suppose. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so design-wise on Drathro. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's an interesting design. They've, they've tried to go with something different. It's not the normal man in the suit. I like that they've gone with a realistic joint system rather than anything else. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to give this a time between six and a half and seven. I think I'm going to go six and a half. Six and a half. All right. I really like him. I, li I like him in stills. Um, and I, like I say, I especially like that head. Uh, they didn't have yeah, to be like that, that um, you know... Um, uh, yeah, it could easily have been a dome, couldn't it, or something like that. I like that they've gone with this sort of bull's horn. Yes. Very stylistic. Yeah, yeah. and design-wise... Very wise, difficult to make if you wanted to make one. Yeah, well, compound curves, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I really, really like it in a steel as a design. I really like it. So I actually gave him an eight. Ooh. Okay, so you gave him six and a half. I gave him an eight. That's an average of 7.25. All right. But I think this, at least with my votes, this might be the biggest difference between wow. the rating I give on effectiveness as opposed to its design. How effective is See, I, L3 to I, you? I, I, I like him. I think he's quite effective. I, I just wish they'd have done a bit of Foley work on him to make him sound robotic rather than just uh, a person in a fiberglass suit. Um, I, I like the way the, the guy inside is actually... He's put thought into how he... How he needs to move the joints and that to do anything. Um, so I, my mind's going to go up a little bit. I'm going to go to seven and a half for effectiveness. His voice is good as well. I, I do like his voice and the fact he's got sense of humour. Well, I dropped him right down to a three. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is massive. Yeah, because it really offends you moving. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I've heard the voice before, right? Um, he is very limited in what he can do. I mean, he's got no shoulders. He can't yeah. move his arms out from his body. Even Metal Mickey could move yeah. his arms out he, further than that. He's got a Metal Mickey's about him, isn't he? he? There's no way he could wipe his own button. <laughs> no, no, there is that, yes. Oh, do you so, think that's why he's got um, those two idiots? 
hand-driven Lumpco, or whatever they're called, do they wipe his butt bar? Yeah, maybe. So that's on effectiveness. That's uh, 5.25. All right. Plus 7.25 divided by 2 equals 6.25 then. Oh. No, that's not He's sharing a busy caravan. It's got to be a big caravan, I think, um, because Drathro is uh, sharing a. Um, uh, caravan with the Web of Fear Yeti. Wow. Okay, right. bulky. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mavic Chen. Yeah. Uh, the Celestial Toy Maker. It's getting busy. Yeah, and Monarch from Port of Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think if you shaved a Yeti, it would look like the L3? Uh, not the head. The head <laughs> wouldn't. Maybe the body. Could do. Hmm. Yeah, all right, so that's our little thing there. Um, yes, um, you really like this story, you said at the beginning. Yes, yeah. You yeah. like it enough to put it on your top ten? Um, what are the Colin ones have we got on my top ten? Colin ones, uh, going from ten upwards. Um, we don't have one. Don't we? We okay. do not have... No, you've knocked... I, I think last week we lost um, okay, the two so doctors, we, didn't we? Oh, two do oh, we did, yeah. yeah. So what's my tenth at the moment? The rescue. Do you prefer it over the rescue? No, I can't. No. No? No, I can't. I can't do it. Ergo. I, I, feel, I feel I should for Colin, but no, I, I, I can't. Okay. In, in all good faith, put in my top ten. All right, okay. So for now, Colin keeps out of your top ten. All right. Oh, that's shocking. I, I feel... I feel guilty now. Yeah, but there's an awful lot of William Hartnells on your list. There's Patrick True. Troutons, John Pertwee's, you know. Yeah. This is really interesting because at the beginning of this, if you'd have said top ten, I reckon quite a few columns would be in there. Mm. But when you when you dispassionately look at it, each one there's, by there's one, elements, yeah, elements of Colin Baker stories that are top notch, but there's usually something that lets it down, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Which is this era of Doctor Who in a nutshell, really. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. nicely put, yeah. Um, so, on behind the scenes then, uh, it, the exteriors were filmed at Butzer Ancient Farm Project in Hampshire. Yep. We, I did, um, we did, me, me and a mate, we did plan to go there, but we never got round to it, but yeah, we were going to go and visit that. Is it still going, do you know? I don't know whether it's still going, I imagine it probably is, but this, right. this was, um, this was during Sylvester McCoy's era, so we would presumably unless unless the special effects guys did blow it all up <laughs> and it will burn down still yeah um this story is the very first time in doctor who's history where uh, location work was recorded using outside broadcast video Ooh, rather yes, than right, film yes. so which is why it looks amazing the the the, uh, the early bits with perry and that wandering about yeah, yeah it does it looks good yeah yeah and the last bit I've got is the alternative casting bit for oh, you. Oh, right, yes. All right. Okay. So for Katrika for <laughs> first, yeah. can you imagine any of these in the role? Sadly, no Caroline Munro. All any right. Jean Marsh? She would have done. Uh, yes, <laughs> Jean Marsh was, was on there. It's sad, isn't it, that no matter what, any time they thought, oh, it's a slightly older woman of power, Jean Marsh, yeah, <laughs> she would yeah. do. She was considered. Do you think she would have been all right? <laughs> I think she would have been really good, yeah. All right. She would have been good. Uh, next, Linda Barron, oddly enough. 
Um, God, what a, what a strange... They were obviously going for a type there, weren't they? Yeah. Because Joan Sims and Linda Barron, very, very similar roles they would play. Yes. Um, no, I, mean, I don't think so. I'm not a great fan of Linda Barron's... All right. Okay. Quote, air quote, acting. How about Honor Blackman? Well, that would have been something, wouldn't it? Although yeah. we, we do get her later in the seasons. So. We do, yes. Yeah, well, maybe she couldn't do it, so they offered her, you know, when she could do something, the Vervoid one. Yeah, it sounds awful, but it might have been too much of a cough and a spit part for her. Yeah. Whereas at least Professor Lasky is a bit of a meatier yeah. part, isn't it? All right. Uh, next, consider Wanda Ventham. I often consider Wanda Ventham, <laughs> to be fair. Um, yeah, she would have been excellent. Yeah. Isla Blair. Uh, she would have been good, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to have seen her do yeah. that. Uh, Sheila Hancock. Yeah, I think she could have played it. I, I always have a thing with... I, I think she's a good actress, but there's such a harshness to her, um, which might have fitted this part. Yeah. But yeah, she, there's not much sympathy with the characters that she yeah, had in Cockney yeah. plays. Yeah. And then lastly, and I can't believe this is true, um, Eartha Kitt. Was Eartha Kitt still alive in the 80s? I, just, I, was thinking, I was thinking, A, was she still alive, and B, was she in the UK? That's a really odd... I don't know, yeah. ...person to consider. I mean, I, she, she might have been out all right, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. She was I, terrible she as, wasn't um, in the UK. As Catwoman. She was she awful. Was I can't see how yeah. some people reckon her Catwoman is the best. Over oh, Julie what? Newmar. Come on. Julie Newmar is like... <laughs> I mean, OK, if, if you can't have Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, yes. that's no problem there. And then no Michelle Pfeiffer. But not yeah. Eartha Kitt... Oh dear! Good lord! That's right. like say, that's like like going um, that uh, Gomez Adams guy was a better Riddler than yeah. Frank Gorshin. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yes, indeed. About? Right. So here we go then. Sablon okay. Glitz alternative casting. So you've got to imagine these oh, people yeah. saying the lines, but would they have delivered them better than Tony Selby? Right. Right. Go so on. first one, and again an odd one, Roger Daltrey. Now I know he had I mean, done McVicar and stuff like that, yeah, hadn't he? And Tommy and yeah. Tommy. I mean, he, yeah, he's 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 a pretty good actor. Um, I don't know there because he again Cockney wide boy, isn't it? No, I think he would have um, he would have been too serious. I think. Okay. I mean, it would have been quite a coup for J and T, wouldn't it, to to have Roger Daltrey from the Who in Doctor Who. Yes. Oh, can you imagine the oh the headlines oh, on the he- that? You can read the headlines now, <laughs> can't you? All right. Um, well, you say it'll be too serious. Uh, I think that would apply to the next person, a uh, John Thor. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work. No. Wasn't he? Wasn't he slam bang in the middle of Morse at that point? No, I he think might, Morse actually, was a little must, bit later, wasn't he? No, he must have been because they filmed Morse at our cinema. Oh, right. So it would have been around the same time. Uh, okay, all right. But he's, yeah, mm, no, I'm not, no. Okay, uh, Gareth Hunt. Dennis Waterman as Dibber, though. They could have <laughs> the Sweeney reunion. Um, Gareth Hunt, no. No. I, I, I don't think any, I can't think of any question that isn't, was D okay as Gambit, that where the name <laughs> Gareth Hunt would actually it... fit? <laughs> All right, okay, the last two I've got for you, I can see them doing it, and I, I, I personally, I think they would do better than old Tony did. Um, James Bolam. 
Yeah, he 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 would have been good. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, that was his stuck in trade, that sort of character. Yes, he? yeah, yeah. And lastly, Brian Blessed. Yeah, I can see Brian Blessed playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally see Brian Blessed doing oh, all those that, lines. Yeah, that would have been quite good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could, they could, um, Big Finish could bring Brian Blessed back as Glitz, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's it. That's us done. Um, well, what an enjoyable, but but very um, forgettable <laughs> four episodes of Doctor Who. There, Re- yeah, it's one. It's never going to be on anyone's top list, is it? I don't think. But it's absolutely enjoyable to watch. If but if you yeah. if you cut everything out and only watch the Colin Baker scenes, that would be thoroughly enjoyable. Oh yes, I think. I'm hoping that, you know, actors have these showreel things where they cut all their best bits out and put them into one clip. I hope a lot of this is on Collins because yeah. I think it shows his doctor to the best. Yeah. The best of it. I, yeah, he's, he's lost his his nasty abrasiveness that he had very early on mm-hmm. and he's mellowed into wonderfully cynical, yeah. which I love. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so that's us done with Colin for for like you know thirteen yeah, episodes. Bye bye, yeah, and hello Sylvester. And this is definitely going to cost me money because currently we have exhausted my uh, wow. my my collection of Seventh Doctor stories. So whatever you're going <coughs> with, Ian, I've got it's to buy it. Cost you. Well, I, I I feel I feel a little bit guilty now because um, I di- and I'd made this choice earlier because so there's. There's about three or four Sylvester's that I was considering, uh, and I, I went with this one. So um, let me let me see. I don't know how familiar you are. So, um, I doubt very much I'm going to get is this, this. Yeah, is this a stand-up fight or just another bug hunt? Right. So it's something to do with aliens. It's not Dragonfire, is it? It's, it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which which stars Glitz? <laughs> Does it? Yes, Tony Selvers in it as Glitz. Oh, right. Yeah, no. He returns. As yeah. soon as I think aliens, I'm thinking biomechanoid. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, that thing with a big head where they've tried doing a uh, an alien bodysuit, haven't they? Yes. Well, there's there's a scene in it which I'll leave you to discover that's that's a that they're obviously thinking this is a this is a wonderful um, homage to aliens. Right. And it's bloody awful um yeah this, the, how yeah I, I i was i was hoping at the end of this i i was hoping that you would quite enjoy glitz and i'd go don't worry we've got another glitzy episode for you and you'll right. get it um but the fact that you you hated glitz i feel really guilty now. no well let's see i mean you know yeah. it, it, it might put the, it might, yeah. the, the, the tony selby i've seen in this one into a different perspective you never know well can you can you imagine the double act in this, we don't know Dibber, sadly, but we do get um, Glitz and Mel oh, spend okay. most of the story together. So right, right. Bonnie Langford and uh, Tony Selby. Oh, I mean, does that, what a does delight. That your fancy? <laughs> it's going to tickle my wallet. I've got to spend money on that. Oh, yeah. good grief. I think it's only a three episode, though, isn't it? I think oh, it's, that's, I think that's something, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, all right. Okay, all right. Off to Amazon I go. Yes. Okay, all right, folks, we'll see us in a week when uh, we find out what I thought of Tony Take Two, then. Yeah, Yeah. Tony Selby Mark Two. Yes. Will it change your mind? (laughs) I kind of doubt it. But uh, never mind, um, 
hit it with an open mind. Yes, indeed. I, I always do. Yeah. I always do. And one, one thing I will say on it is I think it's the end of episode end of episode one. It might be the end of episode two, but I think it's the end of episode one. See if you can work out what the hell's going on. Alright. Okay. I will concentrate, I promise. Brilliant. Alright, well, yep, see you in seven days then, folks. See you in seven days. Yes, right. uh, yep. come, come back and join us as we uh, we discuss the seventh Doctor. Okay. Right. See you then, then. Bye. Thanks, sir. Bye.